Hey everyone, it's Kevin Hart. Mike Wimacher. We're here for the Pop Culture Workshop talking to you about uh, all the sorts of different things that are going on, either that you can watch, listen to, read, whatever. Yeah, whatever floats your boat in theaters, on streaming, on TV, whatever it may be. And one of the big things that's being brought up this week, uh, and you, you watched one version, I watched one that had been released earlier this year that hasn't got... They didn't get as popular, probably because not as good at marketing. Yeah. But uh, Netflix. Netflix had a, a documentary on Woodstock '99, which was uh, trying to be a revival, of course, the legendary Woodstock from 1969. Uh, they attempted it in 1994, and it was okay-ish, but it rained out. They actually made an album, which I have. Yeah, of- the '94 one was 25 years after Woodstock, right? Which, when you think about that, you're like, okay, we are almost as far away. 24. Or, excuse me, 30. I was going to say. Wait, no, no, 69. If you go to 1994, math is not my strong suit. Uh, oh, I guess that it, would it be 20, 20, 20, It's just 25 years. That's just, in, in my head, the numbers look weird, but it's like 60 to 9. Anyways, yeah, yeah go ahead. So, so it was a 25-year anniversary in 1994, yeah. right? Which is weird to think because we're only – like a couple years away from 25 years from Woodstock 99, which is <laughs> which is crazy to think. But 94 went okay. It was the mud, like, but overall people had a decent experience. And so that is that is why Woodstock 99 happened because they made a little bit of scratch from 94. And they're like, well, why not a 30th anniversary? Yeah. And so Netflix has the documentary. N- yes, Netflix has a documentary. came out this week, came, right? Yeah, it came out this week called Trainwreck. And so you watched that one. Yes. I have not seen that one yet, but I watched the HBO Max documentary of Woodstock 99, which came out earlier this year and did not get as much hype around it because, like I said, I think the marketing. So what did the Netflix one focus on? So the Netflix one is three episodes. I don't know how long the HBO oh, Max okay. one is. The HBO Max one is one kind of like two-hour uh, Around two-hour movie, documentary so, movie. That's about the length of this. It's it's three episodes. Um, two of them are forty-five minutes, and then okay. one of them's like fifty. But I think with um, end credits, it's probably closer to forty-five for each. But it goes through each day. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so, and it's interspliced with the interviews of the promoters, some of the people who sang there, uh, some of the goers, um, some of them who are really young at the time, and they sort of just. Uh, you know, lay out their case. There isn't really a slant to it, as sometimes documentaries okay, can have. Gotcha. But it's very much. Uh, we we talked before we started recording about um, one of the big. There, there were a lot of big acts there. One of them was Limp Biscuit. Yes, and at the, the height of their Limp Biscuitness. Yes, and the uh, they were really. There's a lot that went wrong with this, and we can't even begin to cover everything that went wrong. But basically. Uh, They said, we're going to turn a profit no matter what. Mm -hmm. So they were taking people's water bottles. It was really hot. Uh, Yeah, you were not allowed to bring your own food. So I'm interested to see the Netflix one. The HBO Max one uh, talked to the same. They talked to some of the promoters. Uh, They talked to some of the concert goers. They talked to a member of the Peace Patrol. Uh, They talked, but they had a lot of like, music journalists okay right that they also talked to and they talked to some of the artists uh including moby and moby had some really interesting thoughts about it and it's moby i mean take it for a grain of salt moby's biggest fan is moby (laughs) but he brought up something interesting and this is kind of self-aggrandizing for moby but i can understand it 
he was saying, uh, you know, years of performing on the road and going to venues, he's like, you get a sixth sense of when you get within 100 feet of a venue, the vibe that you're going to have in that venue. And he said when he drove up to Woodstock 99, it was he, he had lurch went off right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just it was a recipe for disaster. And, yeah. And that's what a lot of people conveyed of like, what did you expect to happen when you put people with with the heat and with the amount of like and the part that someone else pointed out too, a, a female music journalist was like, they were taking away no outside food or drink because they want to maximize profits, but they were not confiscating any drugs. Oh, no. And people were high. People were drinking, yeah. smoking, everything. Well, and someone brought up a great point, too, of, you know, if you're a young – and that demographic was they, – they, they, they tailored the bill, right? When they put together the bill, they did not do a, as well a job as 94 did where they diversified – the amount of no. acts. There were only three female acts, right? Yeah. One per day. And the, the concert promoter in the HBO Max is like, oh, you know, I was just trying to, who could command this? It's like, no. no the, you were- the promo- it sounds like the promoters on both of these were really uh, passing the buck as far as they could. Yes. So, but they were saying, like, if you're a young individual and it's $4 for water to start or $4 for beer, you're going to buy the beer. And that's ninety four prices. That's like right. yeah, exactly. So you're going to buy the <laughs> yeah. beer, and not knowing that that's going to dehydrate you even more. So yeah. long story short, like the HBO Max one really kind of, you know, present. It was more slanted and like this was a this was not the triumph that people thought it was. Much like the original Woodstock wasn't the triumph we, oh, right, we yeah. all thought it was. They they had major problems there as well, uh, but just the hypocrisy and the irony of them trying to recreate 69 but being so commercially driven by it is what HBO Max basically was saying. Right. Uh, I th- it it kind of gets sort of the same – you get the sort of the same feel, but it's it's not like explicitly narratively laid out. But the more you watch it and you hear people say, well – you know they. You know the. By the time we get to the third day, they're charging twelve dollars, and and they played. Um, they played like police chatter over the yeah know, microphone. Yeah. Sounds like they got some of the similar. I, I wonder if it was the same film crew or if they came in like different days and. Yeah, so. I mean they probably use the same archival footage at times when it came to that point. Uh, but there's different you know interviews probably in their splice. I'm gonna be interested to see. The differ the differences between the Netflix one and the HBO Max yeah. one. So I'm gonna look Which, forward to watching. Because I think one. I, I think what it sounds like, and you know, like two hours is like that's the standard length of a documentary, like 90 minutes or two hours. And and I'm interested to watch the HBO Max one. Uh, it it breaks it down it. by day as well. It, yeah. And it sets up like the different people, and it it talks about the different acts, and it it also incorporated like you know Metallica's fight with Napster was happening at that moment and yeah. so like the anger that was shown there and so just yeah, a lot they of different things going go on. much I, I'll say with the Netflix one they didn't go too much into the music acts uh, as much as they did the whole like experience I mean okay. you had you had you know people you know cat calling Cheryl Crow on stage I don't know if that came up no but they did discuss how just the amount of probably there was, sexual assaults that, oh, there, that well, transpired they, that were unreported the, oh yeah because they said there was like four rapes that they knew about but they're like but the promoters are just like oh, oh the promo- they're like there was only there was only 10 instances that were I wanted to yeah, punch exactly. the, 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 promo- the one promoter I forget his name but I mean he's 
I mean, they all kind of look very similar, but he's but he was like, well, there's like a hundred thousand people there, and I mean, you know, you got like you know four rapes or something. I mean, I mean, that's what would happen in any small town, right? And he's like, and the, the women walking around. So yeah, it's very much yeah. aboutism and and it's, blaming someone else. So yeah. long and, story short, I would, if you want to look back and get the real story, I would check out. I'm gonna. I would say check out both. I've not seen the Netflix yeah. one, and I'll I, I'll watch that one. I, it sounds like there's probably not major missing points in either one of them, but they they probably complement each other very well, yes, it sounds right, like. Yeah, yeah. Taken as a whole, you get the, the full story. Yeah. Um, also in streaming, we'd mentioned it last week and I finally got a chance I got a chance to watch it over the weekend. The next in the Predator franchise, Prey. Yeah. My goodness. So good. So good. It looks good. A- and it's very a- I see now why people are upset that it didn't get the release in the theater because of all the legalese. It's beautifully shot. It's a very simple story, very compelling story, a lot of tension. And I feel like it could be a launching point for putting the pred- – especially there's a – I don't want to spoil it because some people may have not watched it. But the, stick around to the end credits because it's it shows another situation where you could put the Predator in where they would be fighting against – those who are more primitive in their mm. weaponry. Let's just say that. So very I, I very, very much recommend. Uh, and there's some nice nods if you're fans of the Predator franchise. Uh, they do they do speak the line, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah. Uh, so I would highly recommend Prey going yeah, forward. Yeah, I want to see it. I've heard uh, very almost universally good things about it. I, I mean, the worst I've heard is somebody said, eh, you know, it was okay. That's the worst thing I've heard right, about this yeah. movie, so, which means it's probably pretty good. And it is on Hulu Plus. Speaking of which, shocking to no one, there will be a price increase with Hulu Plus. Mm. As Disney had their quarterly earnings call uh, earlier this week and let everyone know, much like Netflix is now going to be incorporating a Netflix with ads at a cheaper price, Disney Plus now is going to have a version of Disney Plus with ads that will be cheaper than the Disney Plus without ads. And they've increased the price for Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus. The bundle price is going to be going up. Uh, I think now the bundle, too, will only be able to be purchased on a monthly basis, not as a yearly basis. The price for... that's I, I, I like doing monthly better than... Yearly, but that's just me. I buy it per year. I have the past couple of years with Disney Plus, although the yearly subscription I think is going up like twenty bucks from last year to this year. So it's a very steep increase. Uh, and if you buy it by year, I don't think you can buy buy it with ads. Uh, I have to look into the mm. ins and outs of that, but it's it's inevitable, right? That that's that that's going to happen. It's a way to yeah. make more money. The other big thing is Disney Plus now has more subscribers than Netflix. You know, that I was telling you also the other day, that doesn't really surprise me. It really doesn't. I mean, Netflix has kind of been, even though I still haven't, I just watched Woodstock 99 on there. I mean, you know, with their price increase and the they were talking, you know, we want to get serious about password sharing and all this stuff. I mean, they're they're really kind of dropping the ball in a couple aspects, and it's... it's, and, And there's also so many streaming services now. There is. It's like... You know, people did streaming services to cut the cord and get away from cable because you had to pay so much. But now you're paying so much for all these services or even just one or two of them to get what you want to watch. Yeah, and and it's interesting, too, that despite all this 
in the media angst from certain segments against Disney for being too woke, yet they're still adding more and more subscribers. Yeah, I mean, Disney's Disney. They're going to make money. Right, exactly. Like, they're still adding yeah. subscribers. And, it, and part of it is, right, Netflix has Stranger Things, Netflix has Ozarks, but a lot of those shows that you love on Netflix kind of were going away, right? Ozark, it was the last season. Oh, yeah, Ozark's done. Yeah. Better Call Saul, they still, and that's AMC, but right. yeah. that's where you have to watch it. And they still don't have season six on there yet, but. I mean, Stranger Things, Stranger you have, Things is ending. Right, right and that's going to be ending. So they're trying to find that new thing. And Disney Plus is like, listen, if you want. Star Wars, if you want Marvel, this is where you're going to yeah. have to go. Like, we, got we, have all these franchise, we have all these franchises. And so, and Bluey for people who have kids. Shoot, like, I mean, that that alone is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, Netflix has Cocomelon, but I yeah, mean, Bluey yeah. is very popular right. too. Right. So, kudos. I mean, Disney's going to Disney, and you had to know it was going to come, that there was going to be the price increase. So, there's a lot of consternation about that. But these are the times we live in. Disney Plus does have the new I Am Groot shorts. That I have not watched as of yet, but looking forward to checking those out yeah. uh, this weekend. So uh, looking forward to that. Quickly, Netflix has a new Jamie Foxx big-budget movie, Day Shift, where he yeah. fights vampires. So you can check that out on streaming. If you have Paramount+, Plus, there is Owen Wilson as a superhero uh, called Secret Headquarters. And to end this particular episode of the Pop Culture Workshop, speaking of superheroes, Boy, does Warner Brothers Discovery have themselves a oh bit of an issue God. with Ezra Miller and that Flashpoint movie. That thing was supposed to be the movie that was going to reset the entire DC universe. Which was and, the point of bringing the new person on and canning all these projects. Right, exactly. And, but they, that was already kind of in the works. It was works. in the works, but that would, that would be an easy way to, to okay. To, right, exactly. It was an easy way to say, we're getting rid of all this that you kind of knew and here, because, you know, while Batgirl got scrapped and Batgirl was going to have Michael Keaton as Batman, this particular movie, the Flashpoint movie, was going to not only have Keaton, but it was going to have Ben Affleck's Batman. It was There were so many different timelines that were going to be explored. There was so many, and there still is. They haven't given us all the kind of Easter eggs. But you can only imagine if they were going to be delving that far into different universes, different timelines what other characters we may have seen show up yeah. in cameos. So they have this giant tentpole movie, but they have no idea what the hell to do with it because Ezra Miller continues... Continues to be an absolute nuisance and terrorizing uh, the people of Hawaii, terrorizing everybody. Well, he just this week got arrested for burglary, right, yeah. at a place in Vermont. They don't know what happened to that family that was living with him. Like, she is, she's with gone off the internet... That was like the, the baby? The far, yeah, on the farm. Have you heard that? They're maybe filing a missing persons report on them because when he got arrested for the burglary, they were trying to extract the children from the mother because they're saying they're living in an unsafe environment with this unstable individual. He says, they're not on my farm anymore. She is no longer on the Internet. And so they've just kind of gone ghost so they don't know where they, they do they need a search or you know a search warrant to try to search the farm to try to find the fa it just gets worse and worse this so this could be its own movie yes right exactly so apparently the reports now are that warner brothers is kind of weighing three different options at this point with the new flash movie okay. because it was supposed to be so big and it's supposed to come out it's supposed to come out i think late this year but yeah pushed back to next year the three options are Confront Ezra Miller, 
force him to go into rehab, and once he gets through all that, try to kind of rectify things and kind of give a, almost a rebirth of Ezra Miller, of him admitting he was wrong and he was going through a tough time, and then he can properly help promote the movie. Okay. All right? That's one option. Second option is stuff just continues on as it's going. You just kind of release the movie and don't use him to promote it at all. Like he's, you don't give him very limited press access. No interviews, barely any trailers. Yeah, very limited press access. And you just hope that he stays somewhat clean and you can just kind of gloss over it and release the movie. And then just the the sequels just sort of write around or write him out. Yeah, write him out. The third option, the nuclear option, is do what you did to to Batgirl. Don't, it just gets shelved. It yeah. just goes away, and people are just like, well, why wouldn't you try to bring in Grant Gostin and maybe do reshoots? Apparently the reason for that is because there's so many various timelines in this movie, Ezra Miller plays more than just Barry Allen Flash. He right. plays multiple characters in the movie, and it, will all, it would be more cost-effective to scrap it then try to reshoot that many different reshoots. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I would think if they're using this as the jumping off point to get their new universe uh, off the ground, maybe it would be some sort of investment to bring in Grant Allen, is that his name? Grant Gostin. Grant Gostin. Yeah, he bring plays him, Barry Allen. Barry Allen, there you go, yeah. Barry bring Allen, him in. and uh, Not uh, Wally West, Barry Allen. Yeah, <laughs> bring, bring him in and, and do those reshoots, do them quickly, Deep fake, I don't know. Do something to be able to get it in quickly and cost effectively. Because if they want to make, if they really want this to be the start of their new whole superhero process, it it would be a good idea to try to save this movie. And that's the biggest question. Do they want this to be now the reboot? Or are they, because in their earnings call, when they just, just, just dismantled and destroyed HBO Max, basically, and took it down to his bare bones... They talked about they want to have their own Kevin Feige, like from Marvel, and they want to put together a 10-year plan. So do they just want to be like, well, while this was going to be huge for us and maybe a launching point, scrap it, tax write off it, and we'll come with our own way of rebooting the DC Universe. I don't know. They're, they Ezra Miller has put them in quite the predicament. That is, yeah. The, if only he was a real-life Flash, he could go back in time and make sure he didn't mess up as much as he did. I just right. hope he gets help. Ezra's never. Ezra needs help. Never going to work again, probably. I yeah, mean, yeah. Unless it's I, years and years down the road. Yeah, I just hope. I just hope Ezra Miller finds the help he needs. Yeah, is the bottom line. The, the movie is the movie's whatever. To what just him getting the help he needs because there's obvious issues going on. There. I hope they. I hope they do something for Michael Keaton. Yes. Yeah, if that, this is going right, to be two movies. If where you're Michael Keaton and then they come to you and be like, you put the, I've done it already. I've done it twice and you've crapped all over. You have it, so the no. footage. Put it, cobble yeah, it together. Exactly. Yeah. You don't. You don't need me anymore to get in that bat suit. Yeah. So, you know, put the, put the, put his original two Batman movies back in the theaters and give him all the profits of it. Yeah. Because I think that's you know that, that's one of the things that the byproducts of all this of like the unintentional consequences of all of it is. That even what what you thought of the quality of the Batgirl movie, you're going to see Michael Keaton as as an older Bruce Wayne. There's so many. You're going to see J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. I mean, and same with this this Flashpoint. 
who else was going to show up? What, what you know there was going to be other cameos in there. Yeah. And there's so many people that worked on the movie behind the scenes, yes, exactly. people that writing the script. You know those visual effects artists are overworked and underpaid. Were already, yeah. Uh, and all the, you know, Michael Keaton, all the people that were in it, of course, uh, you know, Batgirl for the one movie and then J.K. Simmons. I mean, it's... It's it shouldn't be the movie, and it's already happened with Batgirl. But even with this movie, it's they shouldn't just because of Ezra's horrible behavior. They shouldn't completely can the entire movie. They might because it's cost effective, but they shouldn't. That's not fair to everyone else. Right, and as, as terrible as Ezra Miller has been currently, I think if you wanted to, you could reshape it of the return of Michael Keaton as Batman, even if he's only in for five minutes. And maybe help him promote it or help, you know, whoever else is in that movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not scheduled to come out to 2023. They have a plenty of time to figure it out. But it's definitely quite the dilemma that they have uh, ahead of them. That is for certain. <laughs> yeah. So, Kev, always fun to have these conversations. Appreciate Absolutely. everyone who listens. Next week, uh, I will have a review of She-Hulk. She-Hulk debuts right. next Thursday on the 18th. So, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So, on the dig our teeth into that that'll be good yeah you won't like me when i'm angry though no well it's all right <laughs> <laughs>